Hey, I'm Kevin from Q. This episode of the Q&Ass Podcast got a mother frickin' sponsor. Tactical Distributors, you're on fire. They carry all kinds of cool shit, man. I got my fancy tiger stripe summer pants here that everybody loves. I skate in those. I go to the club in those, pulling honeys all day. If I actually wore, you know, anything to go in my pool or hot tub, it'd probably be these board shorts. They're also tiger stripe. Things like these Ultima boots, the maritime boot that are awesome. I don't even know what that means, but these are summertime hunting boots. Thin sole, like skate shoes. They're lightweight. They breathe. They repel the water. A cool thing about tactical distributors. All right, number one, cool motherfuckers. Number two, their return policy, simple, easy. I never know because I got like the fat feet. So this could be a 10 and a half, could be an 11. I don't know. Older two sizes. I pick one, send it back. It's no trouble. Let's get a little label, send it back. Cost me no money. Tacticaldistributors.com. Promo code. I don't know what you call it. Whatever code at the end. All right. Unpossible 15. Unpossible 15 gets you 15% off. Tacticaldistributors.com. Give them a look. So today we're here. Adam and I talking with our good buddy, Adam Kraut from the Firearms Policy Coalition. So he's going to tell us about why you need to donate to them, who they're suing and why how many screwed up gun laws we got, why the ATF maybe is sucking and taking too long to do things. We're going to talk about national parks, foster children, your gun rights, why you need them, why you got to fight for them, and what the bad guys are trying to do to them. Tune in, give us your support. Firearms Policy Coalition, we appreciate what you do. Adam Kraut, you're working with the Firearms Policy Coalition now. I am. Yeah. So, so what is this organization? Oh, good question. No, we, I don't want the uh, the trial lawyer answer. I want the. No, I'm not going to give you the trial uh, lawyer answer. Uh, it's a it's a group of uh, people that view, among other rights, the Second Amendment as a, a very important right uh, that to to protect and to uh, restore. Um, and I, I use restore as a, uh, a very purposeful word. Um, we're trying to put the Second Amendment back to where it was and get it back so that people have the right as it was understood at the time of the founding. And we're, we're all very passionate okay, about it. Okay, so the 1770s, not the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, where was it and where do you think it is today? Well, so, I, you know, we... It, that's a very interesting question, and the answer to that question is if you look at the historical understanding of the right, it was certainly an individual right, which is what the Supreme Court said in Heller. Uh, that right extended outside of the home, which currently a lot of courts have said, mm, we're not so sure about that. That right uh, extends to common arms and lawful uh, common arms in use for lawful purposes. Mm-hmm. So what we have in front of the table, uh, you know, on the table in front of us here. Uh, those would certainly fit that definition, yet there are certain states that believe they can restrict those. And that's common use in law enforcement and military? No, just lawful purposes for people like you and I. Sure. You don't have to be part of the militia. You don't have to be part of the military. You Mm -hmm. don't have to be part of law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're working uh, in in another one's age-based restrictions, right? So you have all these rights that you come of age at 21 now. Uh, I mean, it, it is interesting that you can be drafted before you can own a gun lawfully. Right. Or carry a gun drafted lawfully. to use a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a or machine gun. Yeah. Or, or, shit. Yeah, yeah, or a grenade launcher. Yeah. Uh, 
So, you know, we're, we're a bunch of people that feel very strongly about it. And part of the reason FPC exists was because we just weren't happy with the manner in which other groups were going about things. And thought there was a couple of guys who, they're probably going to hate me for saying this, got drunk one day and said, hey, we can do this better. And uh, we've, we've been doing it ever since. Um, so, okay. So a nonprofit to support primarily the Second Amendment. Yes. And well, the, let me, okay. I want to stop you right here. Let me ask you this. That's so gonna, that's going to happen from time to time. That's going to happen constantly. That's fine. <laughs> it's the Q podcast, not the firearms coalition, coalition, <laughs> whatever you guys are called. It's not your po- no. Um, what's the belief of the Second Amendment? Like what? What does that? What right does that give the average citizen? The right to own any kind of arms that they can afford to own. Mm. You want to own a tank? Cool, man. If you can afford it, you should be able to own it. That's the best answer I've ever gotten from an attorney. You're welcome. I'll send you my <laughs> Thank bill. You. Thank Adam you. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All you did was earn your paycheck. <laughs> send me a bill. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. We have gotten so far from that understanding of what yeah our forefathers thought was important. You know, I was, I was, I was having that... Um, my son's tutor just left and told her what we were doing. You guys are coming here, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, just the interesting aspect of that. And it's like, well, what's really important is probably with our forefathers was the first amendment. And then it's just the guarantee of the first amendment by the second amendment and just that approach. And, um, Oh my God. And I'm sure it's the way it always works. I'm not sure there's any great country like ours that's set up that can ever like burn so bright for a long period of time because it's just this fucking erosion of things. And you know, that's where, and I understand, although like I think the bump stock is completely stupid, but I'm glad there was a victory on that recently. Um, but yeah, you should be able to own it. You yeah. know, what is the status of that? Can you get into details? Yeah, I can. Yeah. So uh, we have our lawsuit, which I'll talk about in a second. And mm-hmm. then I think what you're referring to is the lawsuit that was not our lawsuit. Yes, the GOA lawsuit. So that was pending before the Sixth Circuit on a appeal from a denial of a preliminary injunction. I guess for those listening that aren't familiar, a preliminary injunction is where you go into stop court. Stop them from doing this, please. Yes, immediately, because there's some kind of harm that if you don't stop it, it'll be... Uh, ongoing and you can't allow that to happen uh so that uh was actually pending before the court for 470 days and i know that because we have a guy on our staff who tracks this stuff nice so timely so much for our (laughs) forefathers saying justice should be swift (laughs) yeah i was it was a long time 470 days so that court found that uh the district court was wrong in not um enjoining the government from this rule and uh, enjoined them from the rule. And I, I honestly, I haven't had a chance to read the opinion yet because I've been so busy with other things. Uh, but my understanding from talking to others is that that's in relation to the named plaintiffs in that litigation. So it's certainly not a nationwide injunction where... Oh, co- so what you're saying, uh, Mac from Military Arms Channel, he, he was would, one of the plaintiffs. He would be one gun owners of America. I would suspect it may, and I'm not going to say it does, but it may apply to their members as well. Uh, they would have to talk to their lawyers about that because I'm not their lawyer. Um, oh, oh, so this wasn't necessarily just a blanket. The um, bump stock is it, it's 
just now okay, there's an injunction for those people who filed the suit. I believe that is the the limit of it. It's certainly not a nationwide injunction, and wow. we're looking at uh, more broadly as just a general legal principle, this idea of nationwide injunctions actually becoming disfavored. The Supreme Court has hinted very strongly that, uh, you know, as much as the Ninth Circuit judges love to enjoin President Trump when he was president, uh, the Supreme Court has certainly indicated that mm, we're not so sure about this whole nationwide thing. So theirs is going back down to the district court, uh, most likely, unless somebody asks the Sixth Circuit. So they basically push it down to say, you fucked up, review it and come up with the right answer? To enter the injunction and then hear this on the merit. So with a preliminary injunction, if you get it, uh, there's there's really three three paths here, right? Either you get it, or you don't get it, and you don't get it, and then you appeal that decision to the six or, uh, to the circuit court, which in this case is what happened, yeah. right? After the circuit court deals with it, they send it back down to the district court to actually hear the case on the merits itself. So the part of getting a preliminary injunction is this idea that you'll actually prevail on the underlying merits. That there's a good chance well, well, you'll do how, it. How'd they get it? That it was just too broad? Like, what's the basis of how they so got they, the injunction? The opinion said that uh, the ATF had exceeded its authority under the Administrative Procedures Act. With, oh, there was imagine that. Stuff about Chevron deference. And, uh, I mean, candidly, if you want me to bore you to death, we could talk no, about it. No, but. thanks. <laughs> we, we got it. What Adam's trying to say is don't wake on me, bro. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, that'll go back down to the the trial court, the district court, to be heard on the merits, and then that'll likely go back up uh, on up to the Sixth Circuit. Our case, which was the first one filed in the nation, I do need to plug that, uh, that one went all the way up to the Supreme Court from the denial of our preliminary injunction. We got a really good dissent out of one of the circuit court judges. Uh, we went back down to the trial court. We did motions for summary judgment. We ended up losing, which we expected to. And now we're back at the circuit court on the merits this go round. So that just happened. We- yeah, that can be important because, you know, cor- correct me wherever, but, you know, the merits being, okay, well, if you're going to classify this as a machine gun. Yes. Then, okay, how does ATF define machine gun? That's that's what we argued, and uh, part of so part of this whole process, like I said, we got a, a good dissent from the circuit judge uh, when we went to the Supreme Court, uh, and they declined to hear our petition at the time. Uh, we got a uh, statement from Justice Gorsuch about it, and essentially his statement was because there's no record since this is on a preliminary injunction and not the merits itself. Now is not the right time for us to hear it, but don't mistake that for us not caring and looking at this very closely. So ultimately, will it result in the Supreme well, Court? Well, knowing I don't attorneys have... and judges, that means, hey, we think it's bullshit, but we don't want to make the call. Let's give them another chance to do it. And never mind the millions of dollars you're going to spend to get there and the time wasted. It's expensive. Be... Yeah. God. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I love when, you know, the, the one in a thousand judge you find with a set of balls So that, that is not afraid to be the dateline judge. We we may be in front, uh, in front of uh, one. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Because, you know, I've been in court a couple times myself. Yeah. There there are some judges that are unafraid to make the, the correct are. call. Yeah. And then there's certainly judges that uh, do everything they can to be the ones that 
aren't the ones who actually made the decision. They yeah, just pass it on to unpo- whoever. And especially something as, as delicate and inflammatory as like firearms at this point. Yeah. And, you know, so some of that can depend on where you are. And I'm sure, you know, like everybody tries to cherry pick where they can have these things based on the judges that are involved or... Venue selection. Yeah. Very yeah, important. It, it is, you know. Um, and sometimes you're just stuck with where you're stuck with yeah. because that's where it came out of and you don't have a choice. And it can, you know, and sometimes you get those very liberal judges and... Other times you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in, um, every time I've ever been in court, it, it, it's, you know, so it's like three or four times, a couple dozen times. <laughs> and they always, you, you know, no matter what it's for, you know, anything gun related, like whatever. Um, there's always a picture of me holding a gun, you know, it's, that's you know, inflammatory, like, your honor. Fucking <laughs> shocker. I own a gun company. Yeah. Um, but I remember the last one was I'm wearing shorts and a flip flop and flip flops and uh, I'm in our factory and I'm holding the fixed rifle. I've seen that picture. Okay. <laughs> and the judge said, this is terrifying. You holding an assault rifle. That's a bolt action. <laughs> and I started to say it like my attorney slaps me. It's like we just had to, I just had to listen to it, but the fucking ignorance and arrogance yeah. of a judge to say a bunch of stupid shit like that. And it's just like, you know, he's obviously incredibly liberal, anti gun. Yeah. And trying to make friends or keep friends. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine venue and just timing. Like sometimes who, that who's, is it. who's on the bench at the time. Yeah. You know, I think in my lawsuit with with Remington when they owed me a couple bucks and we went to court, you know, my agreement with them was it would be in, you know, the Southern District of New York, which is generally very good for them because they're able to paint the picture generally very liberal anti-gun. But, you know, that judge, Catherine Forrest, most brilliant person I've ever encountered, she did not give a shit. It was just the merits of the case and... Yeah, and she would weed through that and tell them to shut up every time they'd try to paint this picture. It's like, you're a gun company trying to blame, you know, accuse one of your employees of being a gun nut. Like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it's good when you get a good judge. It is good. Yeah. So, bump stock, we got the update on that. What other noteworthy uh What about them arm or... braces, yo? Yeah. Arm braces, yo. That's oh. what Adam's trying to oh, say. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, we could talk about arm braces. <laughs> I also, I we also do have an assault <laughs> weapons case in uh, California as what, well. Uh, California. I want. Uh, hey, it's in it's in <laughs> no, front of a, wanna, it's it's in front of a good judge. Yeah, I want to hear about that because that's yeah, a huge gun that, market then. that uh, is untapped. Pe- of, people don't realize. Let's let's say this. Yeah. Texas, great great place, huge place, tons of gun buyers there, is dwarfed by gun purchases in California. Mm-hmm. The biggest gun market in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just think for that exact reason, I want to hear what you have to say so we, more than braces because I'm pretty familiar what's happening with braces. I was being point. a smart ass. You're right. <laughs> so, what's going on in California? I don't even know. So, we, we've got a few, we got a few things. So, the first one is is our assault weapons case. That was uh, actually heard relatively recently and we're expecting a decision. Uh, that is before Judge Benitez, and you guys may have heard the name because he's the judge who enjoined uh, California's magazine capacity law uh, that went up to the Ninth Circuit. So that whole California Freedom Week that you might have heard of, where California no idea what you're talking about. Oh, What's Cal- the California Magazine. What does this guy do? Is this so, you know? Is this the judge for the OJ case? No, it's not the judge for the OJ <laughs> no, case. So he he <laughs> he had a enjoined ma- uh, Cal- California's law, which said that you can't have uh, magazines that hold more than ten rounds. Yeah. So that was Freedom Week, where California enjoined. What does this mean? Stop the What's law the legal from jargon? stop the law from being functional while the so he called was in bullshit. Place. 
He did. All and right. We're, we're going to bring it down to okay. the novice level. Yeah, that's fine. This is understand. legal for dummies. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what uh, we need. No, I think the <laughs> listeners are probably smarter than the no, dumbest. No, no, no. no let's not I'm say talking. that. What, what, what that law be, yo? That's what we're saying. I want to right. know what you're talking about. Well, right. <laughs> so for a week, because of this judge's order, you could buy 30 round magazines oh, I in California. This. Yeah, and so they bought a shitload of magazines. Yeah. So many and magazines. It only lasted a week. It only, and then, the, then it was, uh, the, it was stayed, which means that the injunction yeah. was no longer. Uh, working, so the the judge said bullshit, and then he said, "Well, actually, we'll keep this in place while the Ninth Circuit hears this." So, so what about the eighteen million mags that were purchased in California? And that week? those those are still legal. <sighs> Is that as the of, number? As of right million? now, I don't no, know no, if that's I the number. I totally made okay. that up. Yeah. it wouldn't surprise me though. It was I it mean, was a lot. I mean, like lot. everybody and their mother was sending that, magazines. I mean, we'll look up the numbers and post them on here, but. I think it's like California buys like 30% more guns in Texas, which is number one by a long shot. It's like something outrageous. California is the biggest gun market we got. It's like what we were saying earlier. People want what they can't have. Right. So talk about, you know, the honey badger in California, right? If, oh. we, if we're successful with this assault weapons ban challenge, you guys might be able to send honey badgers yeah. to Cali. It's just what we need, more backlog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. so, and then, you know, we also have a number of other lawsuits. We have a lawsuit challenging the handgun roster that's out there, which currently restricts you know people from being able to choose what handgun they want to use to defend themselves and oh homes. that's true because you know i didn't even understand that well i mean i guess i understood it but i hadn't thought about it till uh until talon Sai, who's like a, mm-hmm. a yeah a i know talon. To, oh yeah cool guy so oh yeah he's from your state yeah um he's actually filmed one of the videos that was in uh actually so the assault weapons case uh we did a demo video showing that a california compliant ar-15 versus a regular ar-15 on a target at 25 yards piece of steel there's no discernible difference between shooting the two. Mm-hmm. And he actually filmed that for us. Yeah, he, I, I needed somebody. I called him up and he said, yeah, sure. I'll meet you at the range. And oh, so awesome. the judge nice found that guy. video incredibly helpful. So I guess Talon, if you're listening, thanks, man. Oh, oh that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> that is super cool. Yeah. Well, that is great. He's a nice guy. He's awesome. Um, what I was going to say is his, his, the gun that he did with, um, what's the name of that Glock? It was a uh, danger close arm. Danger close oh, arm. Yeah. I want to yeah. give him a plug. So, the 43X, and he says, oh, it's not even on the California roster. I was like, oh, God, that's so dumb. Like a 10-round, 9 mil, it, like you have to get it certified by them. They make you give them guns. And- so, yeah, so they, they have a, a list of guns that if you're not from California, you have no idea what it is. There's a roster, which is literally the handguns that are approved for sale to civilians in California. Now, police are special. They can get off roster guns and they can even so even non-duty like if you're a cop you can buy a whatever i believe that's correct and there's been a lot of instances where guys have bought guns that are not on the roster just to resell them because apparently as a a civilian you can buy an off-roster gun if it's sold secondhand oh the old biden loophole yeah something like that yeah (laughs) the biden loophole uh so and then on top of that they just passed a law recently which now for every gun that's added to the roster three have to come off and so when you're are thinking you serious? so when you're thinking about it you hear that at first blush and you're like oh that's cool like guns are coming off the roster they're getting rid of this thing and then like, hold on a second they're actually restricting the number of guns we can what purchase in california three i'm pretty good right. i'm pretty gonna, good at math <laughs> i'm that, terrible at smart. math that's <laughs> <laughs> why so i went to law school that's, so the, the handgun that's, roster that's a category of handgun right uh, it's not a category. No, it's, it's literally a list of all it, the yeah. guns, like like the NFL draft or whatever. Here's the dudes you can pick. So, so what about a Glock? For I'll give you an bolt example. action handgun. Well, that's a good question, right? That's not even on the roster. You'd have Dude, to get it approved. Doesn't have to be on the roster. California. Yeah, it's a handgun. Going back to California. Yeah. So Glock, for instance, right? They produce Gen Three still. You know why? 
because Gen 4s aren't mm. on the roster, nor Gen 5s. And like I said, California, the biggest gun market. Mm-hmm. I have a Gen 3 Glock 19. Yeah, me, me too. But I, th- that's why they still make them because oh that's that's what they can sell in California. It's, it's so aggravating. Number one, I'm like upset with California voters. Number two, if I were a billionaire, I think I would donate like a million dollars worth of Glocks to California every week. So here's another one for you, right? One firearm every 30 days. Another California law that we're challenging. As of right now, you can only take possession. It seems of- like discrimination against the rich. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just be able to buy whatever I want. It's discrimination against everybody who wants to exercise <laughs> that right. So, for instance, uh, you know, you let's say you buy two guns, or uh, and and you want to take delivery of them. Well, and you're coming back in 30 days for that. That's crazy. They have background checks on ammunition. On, on ammunition, you know, there, there's a whole lot of things. Oh, they're where, doing that already. Yeah, they've been doing it, and there's well, been a lot of instances where people get denied on the ammunition, even though they successfully purchased ammunition the week prior or bought a gun. Bought a gun. Yeah. Uh, 18 to 20 is another category that we're, we're challenging that we're looking at different things in. Uh, so it's, you know, there's a lot of things in California. The, the group itself, FPC lots of opportunity because they uh, have a lot of dumbass laws there. Yeah. And if anybody's taken note, those dumbass laws spread from California. That's what I was going to say. Are people using California as an example of what's working quote? Oh and yeah. Trying to I, I believe it so. across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think California keeps trying to one up its yeah. prior yeah. stupidity. Yeah. yeah. What about Chicago? I mean, yeah, that working well, huh? <laughs> a lot of deaths. Know. Unfortunately, yeah. that is true. Well, There's Cal- some statistic about Chicago having more deaths uh, this year than the entire Iraq and Afghanistan war. Like, that's crazy. No, that's not a gun problem. That's a people exactly. value of no, life 100%, problem. No, 100%. Yeah, so California sucks. Could be better because of you guys. That's what I'm hearing. We're right. hoping. Well, yeah. Okay, so what are you guys doing? All right, what's the deal? We give you guys money. What the hell are you doing with it? You just you're we're filing lawsuits. <laughs> we're going after bullshit gun laws. We're gonna punch ATF in the face. These bullshit state laws. That's that's, that's what we're doing. That's pretty much what we're doing. Yeah, I I'm mean a, that's I, that's a very I succinct can get way down of putting with it. That. Yeah. yeah, I can totally get down mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. So your your money, uh, the money that you send us, that individual people send us, you know, the guy, even the dudes who are sending five bucks a month or whatever, it all goes to the fight in some y- form. You or living fashion. in a mansion. Uh no, you got I'm a not. car nicer, man. Definitely not. Uh-huh. What do you drive? I drive a Subaru Forester because I'm a hippie. Yeah, <laughs> I, was gonna, I knew it was that or a Prius. I swear to God, I was going to say Subaru or he Prius. He told me that earlier. That's why I asked. I also <laughs> wear Birkenstocks and I like tie dye. So yeah. if anybody's got a problem with oh, it, yeah. now's a good time oh, to speak you're up. You're all so into Matt, the dead. Yeah, Matt, Matt uh, at the shop made him Matt. and him oh yeah, Matt and Pierce in the background over here a uh, tie dye shirt. And it was yeah, super it, rad. I love those. He that's made them for me for the event this weekend. Yeah, that's I why we were late today. I was waiting for them to dry. Where are they? <laughs> They're in the, in, in the car. Why are you wearing them? Because I, I Cause suck. it's still wet. It's still a little damp. Oh, oh, he didn't want... Matt's so sweet. You know, we got yeah. the laundry room at the office. He washed yeah. mine and all for me and had them ready for me yeah. to go on my trip last week. Well, they were, they it's were so like, awesome. They were five minutes out. I'm like, hey, can you make these guys a tie-dye shirt real quick? <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> I love that you're the asshole yeah. now. That's all right. Now I'm like, cool. I go in there. I'm like, yeah. They want something hard. I'm like, ask Adam. Yep. Adam's in charge. That's fine. There you go. Somebody's got to be the, the, I know. the boss. I like yeah. this better. Yeah, it's probably. I like being the grandparent better than the parent. <laughs> oh, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Okay, so we're. Uh, so that's what your money goes to. So ass, speaking of names. Well, how much of my money goes through? To which part? To, to like, you know, suing these assholes. 
So a, a good chunk of it because a, a we, we need to pay lawyers. Yeah. yeah. What is it? So is is basically all the money going to pay the, the attorneys? Not like what else is there? We I, got I'd marketing. Be, I would be remiss if I said all of it did because that certainly wouldn't be true. Uh, we do have staff that deals with the social media aspect mm-hmm. of things, getting people informed on stuff. There are so we have a marketing. We have budget. a marketing budget. That's uh, important. You know. Well, with that right now, okay, because you guys, so Adam donated you guys uh, a honey badger pistol, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. ends today. So by the time this comes out, it'll be a today couple weeks. Today is March 31st. Be, yeah. is the last day, so All talking right. about it now doesn't it, help, but ooh, how much do we raise yeah, yeah. with that? Yeah, Pierce, how, how much? You looking at it? Is it over? Is, it, is this auction Still over? Gone. Huh? Still gone. Still gone? What's the last count? Yes, one hundred and thirteen thousand. So one honey badger pistol. So we right. donate it. You guys put it up. You sell some raffle tickets, I guess. Yeah. How does the tell us about the structure? We call it a raffle. <laughs> no, it's not tickets. a raffle. It's not a raffle. It's, not a, <laughs> it's, uh, it's absolutely not a raffle. We tried okay. to talk about can't it in the last podcast, and we were butchering it. So, so it's not. It's not a raffle because yeah, for, to be you, for it, it to be a raffle, ra- right? Because it's a small game of chance, and you need the licenses and all that. So it's a giveaway. It's a giveaway. That's what I meant. It's a giveaway. Forgive my ignorance. I'm not an attorney. That's okay. <laughs> I, I only play one on podcasts. You yeah. stayed at a holiday in once. <laughs> uh, a couple times, actually. All right. So we do a, we do a giveaway. So everybody, you, you, you donate. Can, you can donate. Yep. And, and so you have an opportunity for a giveaway mm-hmm. to so, get given away a honey badger. A honey badger. So that ends today and you, <laughs> won't, be able to take part. you, won't, you won't be able to take part in that one. <laughs> it's funnier when I do it. Uh, <laughs> well, it keeps me out of trouble if he does it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the that money uh, goes towards any number of things, but mainly the legal stuff. And just to give your, your listeners an idea, and I guess your viewers, if they're watching at home, uh, on average, for a lawsuit at the trial court at the federal level, you're anywhere between mm, 30, 40 grand on average. Just just for that. That doesn't include the appeals. That doesn't include any experts that may be involved. By the time we're at the Supreme well, Court. Well, I view it as a bargain because judging by that, I get proper fucked by my attorneys. <laughs> if you're listening, we're going to have a meeting this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't also bill by the hour for that. Um, so, you know, by the time we're at the Supreme Court, uh, you know, a lawsuit, depending upon the work that could be done, you could be anywhere between. Up to a quarter million dollars. That's crazy. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of time that's invested. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. So all this stuff goes directly towards that that end goal and that fight. Um, so the honey badger, you know, obviously awesome. Hundred and thirteen. Did it amazing. So far. And we no doing well. doing amazing. Yeah. You heard Pierce. It's still going. It's still on. going. It's yeah. Five thirty p.m. now. So there's still time. Oh, yeah. so, and so, it probably ends at Pacific time because they're based in California and oh, yeah. you know they don't use real world time. So we got more time. Yeah, we do. Well, let's let's pimp the the uh, the importance of the uh, honey badger. So so on average, my man Pierce said, uh, "What do you say the guns usually bring? Twenty ish thousand, thirty thousand, something like that. Twenty thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. So one hundred and thirteen so far. Oof. Yeah, it's good timing too with all the nonsense going on. Mm-hmm. Not not selling the honey badger short by any means. Well, if but, you are, you're wrong. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, obviously, all of that money is extremely helpful to us to to be able to continue to do things. And then you guys have also generously donated uh, one of your other products that yeah. everybody is fiercely trying to acquire, and that being a mini fix, which, yeah. which which yeah. we do. When do we do this? May May one. <laughs> yes. I, I've I've been informed May yeah. one will well, be your I was opportunity. Just informed too. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be your chance to enter a giveaway to to win the uh, the mini fix that you guys gave us. To yeah. well, that's cool. Did he give you a silence or anything? 
I don't know. I don't think so, well, and that's okay because I yeah. don't know if, depending you upon where somebody lives, we might not, we oh, not, we might not be able to. That. Yeah, and yeah. we don't. We certainly don't want to make the boat <sighs> stickier that's for that's these why people. Adam's a boss, can man. we? Can we do a uh, disclaimer or whatever? Like, if you're in a silencer-friendly state, you can win a silencer of your choice. You would have to talk to the people who've done that because I'm just. Oh, the you dude guys who, have any attorneys? I'm, I no, not me. I'm just the dude who runs legal operations. That well, stuff's like well, way beyond my pay grade. Let's call it an option and then have your people reach out about the details. We'll have our people reach out about the details. My people yeah. will talk to your people, and then the people will figure out what goes on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah so today's March 31st. It is. Got we're documenting this for a time capsule, obviously, March thirty first. Yeah, this is going to air probably sometime mid April, I think. Maybe. Oh, okay. Air on YouTube, air. but um, dude, sweet. Yeah, and then we'll be internet so famous. May first, same deal. You can donate to FPC, maybe one of minifix, maybe a silencer if your people are cool with it. We'll see. Yeah, maybe that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we again, we greatly appreciate the generosity and support from you guys. Um, oh, thank you. It, guys. it means like, a lot. We'd like to stay in business. So, uh, <laughs> you working overtime? Yeah. Uh, believe me, we're working overtime. <laughs> I do believe. You. I'll bet you the mini fix brings more than the honey badger. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm calling it. Okay. Well, well I mean, I'll, I, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. You know, the thing is, the, the honey badger is god call of duty world famous but the mini mm-hmm. fix in the industry people that know yes yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see i don't yeah. know i don't know if you're right but i hope i think but i am you're so, right a lot yeah so speaking of giveaways and raffles and for the whole month of april we're doing the mystery shirt oh, mystery shirt we should do a tie-dye one for adam maybe. you know we, we it's funny <laughs> it's funny when we were at the shop earlier I, I think last time i was up here we had talked about tie-dye we did i think we did and i told adam i said you know i'm pretty sure kevin and i talked about tie-dye this shirt is so cool thank you for giving this to me uh and yeah you should totally do tie-dye i agree i was telling matt when he showed me at the shop i'm like there's nobody that wants this and then <laughs> adam i forgot adam was coming i'm like wait a second He's going to want I don't it. know what that says I about me. We have two mine. customers and two of them are at this table. Ivanka, <laughs> Ivanka loved it and she's like real snooty about fashion. Yeah. I loved it. I felt special. I stood out at the event I was at. There's like 500 people. So it's like easy to say they don't have to, Well, now so many people shave their heads or are bald. You can't just say the bald guy. So it's like mm-hmm. the dude in the stupid shirt. And Yo, that's me. Shirt. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it works. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. the whole month of April, um, you could buy a mystery shirt off the website. Uh, we'll link to it somewhere, and then you have a chance of winning a prize, depending on how well the mystery shirt sells. The more we sell, the bigger the prize. So yes, yeah, so I don't know. So maybe you can give us some legal advice on: is this a raffle? It's or? a giveaway. <laughs> it's a giveaway. You heard it's it. totally a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's a giveaway. Well, you, That's you not know. legal advice, by the way. Disclaimers. No. <laughs> you know, fine print. Yeah. Person speaking Assholes. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, generally, when it goes pretty good, we give away mm-hmm. gun, silencer, or whatever. Yeah, I think last time we gave away a fix with a silencer, which is you, cool. You, you know, when we got this past weekend, when we donated the uh, fix and silencer and the Leopold scope and the special color and the backpack. Like, Talk about that, because you told them off air, but nobody knows what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I did. So, um, this past, well, yeah, so we... Last weekend, I went to uh, an auction for Special Operations Care Fund, another charity we support, but very different. So there's gun rights over here and Special Operations over here. And uh, it's for those guys. And raised a million dollars in one night with um, giveaways, I 
whatever. That was an auction, I believe. That auction, and that's also legal. Auction, auction. Auctions are cool. So we did that. And so we donated a, a fix and 6.5, 16 inch silencer. Lil Pold gave us a Mark V scope. London Bridge donated a backpack. Eh, nice backpack, but it's probably only two, $300. I don't know how much that shit is. Um, and it brought $35,000. Wow. Yeah, so not a hundred and thirteen thousand, but this is a one night thing, and you have a captive audience it's of a not few hundred insignificant. people. It was huge. So, a honey badger and the fix raised fifty thousand dollars, a hundred percent pass. They're like all those guys have day jobs too, and they do this occasionally to you know the guys that matter. So that was a wonderful thing. And and I'm not gonna lie, when it got up in the high 20s, I bet on the gun too. It's like it stalled, and so it's like me and two other guys got in a bidding war because I'm like, I want it. Like when I saw it and the whole thing, I'm like, I want that gun. And I don't know, like I did okay this year. Like I'll 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 give back, and it got out of my price range. I know that's a charity that you you've supported a long time, yeah. and I know I know a couple of other guys in the industry that also are always posting pictures from that event. And it, not only does it look like a lot of fun, but you guys do an awesome thing with it too. And that's a, that's an incredible amount of money. Yeah. They, they've done, I mean, it, it's so amazing. I like our industry friend, Dave Kramer, and he's from Atlanta where I'm from and we're personal friends, but he and a couple guys started that, I don't know, six or seven, eight years ago. Um, and just because he was repping some companies dealing with special operations with uniforms and boots and other things. And, he got to know a lot of the guys and you know, it really just like touched his heart when some of the guys were killed and they had young kids and he wanted to do something to support. And he got with some of his friends and started the organization. You know, I remember the first event we raised, like, I don't remember, but it was like 50 to 70 grand and to see him in one night now, raise a million dollars and still no one there takes a salary. Like they do it. They all work like Griff Griffin. He's one of the board members. He's an attorney. Super nice fucking guy. Full-time he plus job. Law, right? Yeah, he's yeah, an IP I'm... attorney. And, um, you know, they all have more than full-time jobs and all their spare time's devoted to this thing. And they grew it and seeing it. Like, I didn't go last year and just seeing the growth in two years mm-hmm. from how many people were there. And uh, they had 54 guys from special operations. 30 of them had their wives or girlfriends with them. And, you know, they were all honored and tons of stuff was given away. I mean, the very first thing that was given away was a custom 1911. And it really sucks that always the first item in an auction seems like it's a, it's a bargain. You know, it, it, it's that's the thing to buy. And <laughs> it, it brought $18,000, which is a lot of money. But this is a $10,000 gun if you order it from the place. And it's a year to get, you know, years to get it. And it brought 18000 Had it been later in the night, probably would have brought like fifty grand. But the dude, seeing generosity from people, he bought the gun, goes up there, gets the microphone, and calls one. Um, so a guy that works for uh, Geisley. Okay. Uh, so in your neck of the woods, yeah. um, he's a former special operations guy that we're all friends with. He calls him up the front. He was there and handed him the pistol. So like the guy bought the pistol, 18 grand, donated, donated to one it. of the guys that was there. It was incredible. So great, great event. That's cool. Yeah, it's a great organization, great event. Um, so raising money on, you know, that side of things. But, you know, fighting for our rights now, I mean, it's it's important. When it's did, real. When did, uh, so, okay, so when did Firearms Policy Coalition get started? 2014. 
In the grand scheme of things, we're we're a very young yeah. organization. Young bucks, very yeah. young. What yeah. what prompted uh, somebody to start it? <laughs> Alcohol. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Al- uh, so Al- it Al- was one of those yeah. things, kind of like David Kramer, except he doesn't drink. Like we should do something, <laughs> and they well, actually stood up and did it. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I, I say that half tongue in cheek, but it was it was a group of guys that were not happy with the way things were being done, and they said, "We think we can do it better." And so since then, the idea was born. And they've been after it ever since. Is, is there a fear with the different organizations, whether it be gun owners, gun owners of America or whoever, that it, it's kind of a Ross Perot sort of effect, like you're going to divide things up too much? No, I don't think so. So, I mean, our organization is specifically right now and has been for some time interested and focused on litigation. Now, we work with uh, Second Amendment Foundation very closely on a lot of things where if you look at any number of the current lawsuits, they're on there too. Yeah. Uh, I was able to, we filed a lawsuit recently in the state of New Jersey challenging their uh, pistol purchase permits and their uh, FID, so the card you need to get in order to buy guns there. And New Jersey, what a clusterfuck. Yeah, so that one, uh, there's three, I would say three prominent states groups there. They have the NRA affiliate and then you have two others there. Uh, I called them all up and said, hey, I'm doing this. We're bringing SAF along. SAF wants to join this. I want all three of you to join us as well so that we can show that we can in fact work together and, and get things done. And they all, after some conversation, said, yeah, we're in. And so we just filed that lawsuit recently. Uh, so I'm, I'm not so sure that there's concern about the Ross Perot effect. We were damn good at what we do if i do say so myself uh and we like to believe that people see that so you, you don't think it's um you know creating like uh you know some sort of blurred or lack of clarity and you guys are just focused on the lawsuits which i appreciate because mm-hmm. it's great to have the political side of things but taking action because, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of these municipalities or maybe states, like, holding them accountable, it's real easy to try to get, if you're a politician, try to get something stupid passed. But when you're going to be, your feet are held to the fire and you got to answer to it, I mean, that's, that's maybe the best. Idea. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of best case. So. Sure. And so, uh, I mean, the, the way I would I would pitch it out there is, you know, we do work and the way we've always kind of run things has been if you like what we're doing, support us and if you don't like what we're doing hopefully we'll get there one day mm-hmm. uh and it seemed to have, as of right now it's it's working people are uh, have been incredibly supportive You're so nice well it's true you know we we believe in what we do we hope that others believe in what we do uh, obviously i can't tell people you know go donate and if you don't all well i guess i could tell you all these awful things will happen but we like to to show people through results that hey you know Giving us money, well, your money's going to a good thing. I, I mean, at some point, and we're probably past the point, like you, you got to initiate a fight. I mean, that's what a lawsuit is. Well, that's so and, part and, of our, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there are organizations where the leadership has really been in power, you know, since you were born. Like, not even an exaggeration. And maybe that's okay sometimes. But, I mean, we've let a lot of stuff slip. I mean, you know, I mean, since and including Reagan yeah and and and, um that's unfortunate and yeah it's clearly i don't think going to stop without some of this happening so i'm super excited about the lawsuits so we we have a plan right this isn't all just also you know this idea of things being hodgepodge right there's obviously opportunistic things where somebody either comes to us or an opportunity arises and we just we go and we take it but there is a strategic plan behind our litigation and we've set it forth a uh, an outlook that we're 
looking at. Uh, we have certain goals we want to meet and ways to change the legal landscape. Uh, right now, for instance, I've, we've got two petitions for certiorari in front of the Supreme Court. So we're asking the Supreme Court, will you please hear this case? Those two cases actually started when I was uh, not at FPC. I was trial counsel in both those cases, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, about prohibited persons. So there was a woman who was con- uh, pled guilty to falsifying a tax return federal felony. There's an individual who's convicted in Pennsylvania of a state law misdemeanor that's punishable by more than two years imprisonment. That triggers the federal prohibition. Mm-hmm. So both of these were nonviolent offenses. And the Supreme Court in Heller, there's language that plagues everybody because the lower courts have just kind of said, well, Heller said this. And it's essentially that Heller said uh, there's this presumptively lawful bar on felons. There's this presumptively lawful bar on this and that. Yeah, I mean, I think once the domestic violence stuff came about and then they began to cast such a wide net with what falls under domestic violence Mm -hmm. and that automatically makes you prohibited and so then we see things like yeah was there violence involved in these crimes stuff yeah i mean you you have to do this because part of these 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 are non-violent offenses well i mean i think that's kind of the point yeah so like okay when you have something that falls under domestic violence and there's no violence Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome it makes no fucking sense or or like martha stewart not being able to own a gun now that seems ridiculous well so i mean if and we're looking at this you know the the supreme court in heller said we're not going to expound on all the history that's required here because this is a historical analysis. The The Supreme Court in Heller said that when we look at the Second Amendment, the way to interpret it is text as informed by history and tradition. So we look at the history and tradition of our country and we see that, well, like, first of all, taxes weren't a thing till the early 1900s, right? Uh, and then on top of that, the founding fathers certainly wouldn't have prohibited this kind of person. And all of the research that is shown and we have original research to FPC through our constitutional scholars that we have on staff uh, that the typical understanding at the time was that if the person was violent, there may have been the ability to dispossess them for life from that. And even then, it's not so clear because you had, uh, I think it was Shays Rebellion. Uh, those people were prohibited for well, a period of three years. If well, you, well, let's stop there. When, when, when did... Um when did there become a differentiation between crime, like a, a felon? So, so what's that? A, mm-hmm. a, a minimum of uh, more than one year in prison? So, well, I, I mean, we could we could we could take a deep dive into this. The, well, the general we, we overview. We take a deep dive. But when the, did that become a thing? Like when 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 did the term felon become a thing? Well, you had felons at common law, which was judge made law, and then you have statutory law. So the statutory law would be like Congress, for instance, defining what a, a term is. So yeah, so when instance, did that happen? So in this instance, the first federal firearms law that defined that, I believe, was 1938. It was the federal oh, firearms okay, so Act. so 165 years after, after. the founding, yes. And then, uh, then you get to 68, you get the Gun Control Act, and you get 922G1, which is, uh, according to FBI, so, where so, most people are prohibited. Well, okay, so, so what are people, let's say constitutional scholars Mm -hmm. what do they believe yeah what did the founding fathers think with okay because myself personally Mm -hmm. without knowing anything is i believe if you're a felon that means okay so you were arrested convicted let's say presumably served your time you're released you should be able to own a gun like why can't you because you committed a felony no matter what kind it was if we believe violent or not that you served your time and whether you believe in rehabilitation or it's just punitive 
and you're released, why should you not be able to protect your life or the lives of your family or loved ones? Like, it doesn't even make sense to me. I think if, so what, you're a felon. You went to prison, you served your sentence. We agree as a society to release you, but now you can't protect your life? Sure. So the the research would indicate that, again, if it was a violent offense, there was a high likelihood that the founding fathers would have said, "Mm, it's probably likely that it would be okay to dispossess you for the rest of your life. Now, having said that, there are some exceptions. Shays' Rebellion was one where it was this tendency towards violence, you know, Overthrow of the government, right? Government clearly doesn't want that to happen. But these people were dispossessed for a period of time, uh, and then they were allowed to have their firearms returned. Uh, in some instances, swearing allegiance would be enough to allow you to have the right restored. So the the big picture is that a lot of what we call felons today weren't even a thought back then. Here's here's yeah. an example for yeah, you, right? Tax crimes. Yeah. Shit, like so that, white here, here's stuff. here's a wild one, right? In the state of New Jersey, if you go to the grocery store, you open up a bottle of ketchup, you stick it back on the shelf, you've just committed a felony. That's enough to lose your gun rights forever. That and is that's so wild, dumb. Right? Yeah, it is dumb. Yeah, I mean you're right, and 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 there is no avenue for people who they want to talk about loopholes. That's kind of a loophole, but in the other direction. There's like, no. What, there is no. What's avenue. their avenue to get so, their rights restored? So you used to have federal firearms restoration, which is still codified in the law, and since uh, the early '90s, Congress has said ATF, you can't use any of the money we appropriate to you to conduct these determinations. So that avenue is foreclosed. You can get a pardon. So depending upon whether it's a state law crime or it's a federal crime, state law, you have a much better shot. Uh, But a lot of those, you know, state of Florida, I think is running 10 years before you can get in front of the governor. Uh, So you're at what, maybe two, uh, you you potentially could be (laughs) at two different governors from the time you started, depending upon how elections go. Uh, Presidential pardon, good luck. And then you have uh, as applied challenges in federal court. So the two cases that we have in front of the Supreme Court are exactly that. And depending upon what circuit you live in or what state, you know, namely that goes to the circuit courts, uh, there are, I believe, three circuits that have said as applied challenges, you can do them. There are three circuits that said, eh, we think you can do them, but you people are not part of that. And I think there's four that have just outright said can't even bring them. So we're hoping that the Supreme Court will weigh on on this for a number of reasons. One, it would give the court the opportunity to clarify to the lower courts what tests should be applied to Second Amendment cases. Right now, a lot of courts are using this two-step process, like does it impinge the right? And then if it does, what level of scrutiny applies? And they all say, well, it's intermediate scrutiny unless it's inside the home, in which case it's a higher bar. So intermediate scrutiny for those who have no idea what it is, essentially is the middle of the road test. And a lot of courts have just watered it down to the point where the, the government you know, doesn't really have to go over a high bar I'm, to say. I, I mean, I feel like you've done <laughs> enough. It, it's... It, I've just learned so much, and hopefully anyone watching or listening, there is so much bullshit. And even if you think, oh, I'm never, like, I don't need to push or contribute or spend any of my dollars because I'm never going to do anything stupid with a gun, the fucking ketchup. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just the bullshit laws. And, and if your state doesn't have them right now, it doesn't mean they want two weeks from now well, or two problem. years or five years. Everybody's a like, felon. fighting it. But I, I think the step is, and I've learned from my own experience um you know you start holding the government accountable and people have to start answering for dumb shit they do it slows it down at a government or, or even your local municipality um you know i mean even with my stuff here like the chief of police he had to resign so did the prosecutor like don't 
you know, just just because uh, you know you were appointed or elected doesn't mean you know that that you can just rain down whatever justice you think is correct. Right. And everybody is held accountable. But I think it's a, it's an important thing. Like I had no idea of some of this bullshit that states were doing to prohibit people from owning firearms. Well, and and we're we're just talking about federal law. That doesn't even get into state law, which states have their own criteria oh, for which. Well, can, here's one. Here's California. A, yeah. Well, here's one from California a case that we actually have there. Right. Uh, we have a couple individuals who were convicted of crimes in other states that prohibited them. They went and got re- state relief. So the state said that, you know, yeah. what, you're good. They moved to California. They attempted to buy a gun in California, and they got denied. And California said, "Well, yeah, there. Well, there's no way says, even in the next check. There's like hard to get anything undone once it's done. This is California saying, yeah. well, our law says if you were convicted, and they're just reading it as you were convicted. So it doesn't matter you got relief or that you even got a pardon. They're just saying our law says you were convicted. Game over. Oh, such bullshit. Because you being an attorney, like, what's a pardon mean to you? So a pardon means that the you've been forgiven for your crime and that your your rights from that are restored unless unless the pardon explicitly says that well we're not giving you back your firearms rights which is a thing by the way there are there are some that that do specifically cut that out states okay so we talked about California and New Jersey the usual suspects some of, them. of stupid states yes yeah what are some of the like I don't know some of the states that people think are so free. Like it could be New Hampshire, live for your die, Texas. What are some of the states that people might not even know they live in have ridiculous laws that need to Florida, be? Florida, the gunshine state, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida, Florida's number two after three after California, <laughs> Texas, Florida for firearm purchase. Yeah. Okay. Well, go look at the, some of the laws in Florida. Florida Open Carry, for instance, and there's a great organization down there, Florida Carry. Uh, that's that's doing a lot of work at the state level that we are working with on some stuff. Uh, they currently, you know, um, they have a law that prevents 18 from 20 to 20 year olds from purchasing certain firearms like the honey badger. So even though federal law 18 to, to 21, they can purchase rifles in mm-hmm. Florida. Some of those are restricted. Some of those are restricted and they're not the only state to do it. Well, what, what's the reasoning and the criteria and how do they decide? Well, the, that legislation happened, of course, after uh, the unfortunate incident at the uh, Marjorie Stoneman uh, High School. Uh, you know, the tragedy that, that occurred there and the legislature reacted with a knee-jerk reaction saying we just need to restrict these from this age group. <sighs> but they also, if you look well, at the well, law... Were those, well, and, and I don't know, this isn't rehearsed or even uh, a setup but we're in and i know i have no idea the answer you probably do were those guns obtained legally by the shooter off the top of my head i don't know the answer to that i honestly don't remember uh but what i can uh, tell you, know, you adam no I don't. Uh, what i can tell you is if you look at the way they worded the law they did put some exceptions into it so if you're a member of the armed forces, if you're a member of the police department, so they, they created all these carve outs. There's a general restriction on the age group, but some people are exempt from it. And so the question is, well, does the state actually have a viable interest in this? If they're going to say, well, you can have it, but you can't. Hmm. And you maybe. That the seems knee- like a violation of the second amendment. The knee jerk. <laughs> I mean, to me, knee jerk reactions should be a violation of our constitution. <laughs> like, well, I'm so sick of them because you can never undo it. You know, right. we're dealing with, with silencers right now. 1934. So, 80, 80 years yeah. ago, and we're still dealing with that bullshit. The, the Patriot Act's another one that uh, comes to mind. Thanks, Bush. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you know, uh, knee-jerk reactions 
create bad law. And, you know, I, I, in some contexts, does something need to be done? And I'm not saying this in relation to guns, but more broadly, possibly. But it seems like every time an incident happens in general terms and then the legislature's quick to act on it, it's never well thought out. There's always bad things that come of it. I don't... I mean, to me, I think the idea a nation anywhere but a nation of our size we're gonna have tragedy like shit happens and the idea that we need to react with law or legislation or something every fucking time it happens is stupid like shit happens shit happens to good people like you know there's gonna be crazy people just gonna happen well and so now not only on top of the legislature taking action on certain things we now see and, and I mean there are groups that are looking at things and saying, well, those aren't restricted enough. And now they're taking action in the courts to try to restrict uh, Second Amendment rights. They're trying to force the government to enter into rulemaking to restrict certain things, to redefine things. And so the one thing I would say is that, you know, while we're obviously out here pounding the pavement trying to uh, restore the right, there are groups that are actively trying to restrict that right, not just through lobbying people to pass laws, but they're now headed to the courts to try to do it. There's uh, lawsuits. Uh, there's a lawsuit in Philadelphia where they sued the uh, the state assembly, and they're it's like claiming constitutional violations and that you know preemption. This idea that the state law controls the field and that a local municipality can't pass something, an ordinance that goes against that, they're saying, well, that that's violating people's rights. And the whole idea behind preemption is so that there's a standard that's uh, the same across the state. So you're yeah. not in, in city A and it's fine here and then you go through to city B and it's bad and city C, maybe part of yeah, it's, it's bad. It's difficult, you know, like where we live here. I mean, we're probably, what, six miles from Massachusetts and probably yeah, 10 miles. Yeah, and 10 miles from Maine. And I bet you probably potentially could unknowingly drive across that line and back in real quick. The road uh, may it, even wind it, that I way. Mean, <laughs> even when you look at the map, you know, there's parts of New Hampshire that dip down into Massachusetts. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, God, you can't have anything there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of different angles at play. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it, it requires a lot of attention. Yeah, I don't know. You just scared me in this podcast. Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. This is news. probably our most serious podcast. Well, we, we well, can, we can be more jovial. I have, All right. I have two questions. Yeah, let's hear them. I'll do the serious question first, just oh, to get it over Jesus. with. What law in New Jersey are they breaking with the ketchup? I would have to go look. I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what the law is exactly. Uh, the judge in um, the so the the woman that's up at the Supreme Court, the, the tax one, uh, the judge who wrote the dissent in the Third Circuit opinion, uh, listed a few laws that would put you into this category of prohibited persons. And that was one of the ones he found. And his point was essentially, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is, in case there was any question about that. Yeah, it seems crazy. So I can get you the site for it if you really want to see it. Mm. What's number two? So my second question is, what kind of success have you had recently? Um, I saw some stuff on Instagram about uh, concealed carry in, was it Georgia or something? Maybe I'm throwing some shit out there that doesn't make sense, but <laughs> I can look on Instagram real quick if you want me to, but what are some success stories you guys have had that are kind of proof of, you know, all these donations are going towards something? 
Sure. So uh, we just had a settlement agreement that we entered into with the state of California oh. in a case. Uh, and so I'll preface this with saying that nobody at FPC thinks registration is a good thing, nor do we want it to exist. And so I will just say that we are bookending this case with Miller, the challenge to the assault weapons ban in California. However, when the California DOJ uh, implemented a... a uh, new law well the legislature rather implemented a new law that said all these bullet button guns that were previously compliant are now assault weapons and they need to be registered okay so the bullet button being the magazine release ar thing where you have to use a bullet to yes okay uh so they said that those are now assault weapons and they need to be registered and so they gave people uh time to register them did they define assault weapon yes okay they did, and they said that those were those were now included, and so they allowed people to register them, but uh, through their poorly designed system, people who were actually trying to comply with the law so they could avoid criminal prosecution were unable to access the system and register them in that window. So we brought a lawsuit saying that, like, hey, <laughs> your shit's broken. These people tried to comply. <laughs> they were unable to, and was now... Johnny Cochran, your attorney. <laughs> and yeah, now... your shit's broken. <laughs> and now uh, these people are all at risk of prosecution. So the state settled with us on that. They're actually going to reopen the, the registration period for it. They're going to uh, publish notice ahead at a time i think it's for 120 days and a 90 day registration period if the gun is in the custody of the police and it could have been registered and this is for guns that were in people's possession that could have been registered at during that time period and people who tried to do it yeah so if the gun was confiscated and you you meet all these criteria uh that comes out there's going to be a stay on criminal prosecution of people for a period of time so uh again this is all being bookended with yeah bless their hearts with we're we're aiming to strike down the assault weapons ban as a whole in california so don't mistake this for us saying yay registration because that's not the case at all just simply like these people tried to comply with the law they were unable to do so so that's one uh we well, had- oh, wait the most important question with that since you reached a settlement with the state of california was uh did my man Adam Kraut get some attorney's fees out of all this? That's what I want to know. So your man Adam Kraut wasn't part of the litigation as far as attorneys on it, but we did. They owe us money. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love when I get attorney's fees. Cha-ching. Oh, fuck the man. <laughs> That's right. Oh, love uh, that. Yes. And so, it was especially great because uh, Xavier Becerra was still the AG when we announced that the settlement agreement happened before he was confirmed to his new position that he's wholly unqualified to. Uh, something about healthcare, federal government, yeah, you know, doesn't belong there. Uh, so that's one. Uh, we had two lawsuits um, in the state of Pennsylvania. So one still ongoing, although I think that might be resolved shortly. The uh, actually. I take that back. So one one's complete. They were uh, dealing with COVID closures for the issuances of carry permits in Pennsylvania. And so everybody's thinking, well, you know, why does this matter? So the, the real quick breakdown is in Pennsylvania, generally speaking, open carry is lawful without a permit. The exception to that always is the state of Philadelphia. However, Pennsylvania has been under state of emergency. State of Philadelphia? I'm sorry, the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. I might be just... Totally losing words. So, strong uh, water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that Poland Spring. Uh, So, the the exception to that uh, generally is the city of Philadelphia, where you need a license to carry, to open carry, uh, and certainly to conceal carry. However, Pennsylvania has been under state of emergency since 2018 due to the opioid crisis. And then later on, COVID. And oh, it's just like domestic violence or all this other stuff. Throw (laughs) shit under there. Right. 
opioid crisis. Yes. So Philadelphia, state of emergency. Well, the whole state. And so in order to carry a firearm anywhere in the state, openly or concealed, you need a license to carry. So when these uh, institutions shut down and wouldn't issue licenses, people couldn't exercise their right to bear arms outside the home. So we uh, sued the county of Allegheny, uh, which is by Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, we reached a settlement agreement with them. And most recently, we just uh, filed a motion with the court uh, for entry of judgment against the city of Philadelphia, who we also sued for this. And the city of Philadelphia was particularly egregious because they shut down for a four-month period at the beginning of COVID, just totally blanket shut down. Then they reopened and did an appointment-only basis where appointments were going way out in time. Uh, so we're waiting for the court to approve that. Uh, it should be entered on the docket. We need the judge to sign the order, but that one should be wrapping up. So there's another one where uh, that lawsuit we put together over a weekend. <laughs> nice. We we talked to some people and uh, we worked all weekend to get it done. And we we filed that Monday. Um, so those are a couple of uh, more recent examples that that come to mind. I'm trying to think of some other things. Uh, we've had some success with pre litigation letters as far as like, telling people like, "Hey, don't do this, or we will sue you." And they've gone, well, "Okay, we're not going to do that. We yeah, don't, don't, like don't want to get sued." sued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody likes being sued. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's funny that you say that because that is an avenue for government always when they're regulatory or they provide license for things is they can delay it. And, you know, you have to sue them to motivate them to do their jobs. Do you think, um, are you involved enough with NFA to know, you know, I tell the story 20 years ago, form three. So Dior to Dior was a process. The transfer took two months and, or 30 days and a form four took 60 days. Now we're at what? 10 months to a year, nine months yeah, to a something year. Something like that. And, and you know, and back then w- w- when I'm talking about, it was um, all on like microfish. So you sent your form in the ATF examiner in DC at the time had to go microfish, look it up and then go prove it and then file for it. Ch- uh, it was a lot of work. And now it's all on, computerized they're they're getting there yeah the e-forms i think they said e-form fours were coming relatively soon well why is it taking so long now why i mean is it just is it i mean and i know there's 10 times more silencers on the market than there were 10 years ago but is it really a volume or you think we're just being uh choked by uh the government they're just you know purposely delaying things to prohibit people from, uh, you know, deterring people from wanting to buy class three. Like a secret waiting period or something. Yeah. I mean, so, just make it prohibitively long to where people aren't going to do it. So that, that's a fair question. Uh, candidly, I, so. I don't, I don't, I don't know the actual answer. Uh, I think if you look at statistics that the NFA branch does release and you look at the volume that has coming in there, uh, it certainly has increased exponentially over the last, you know, yeah. five, six, seven, ten years. It seems like computers could help with it. It does paperwork. seem like that, and I think that's why they are moving towards the e-form stuff. The other problem that has uh, more recently arisen, which is a, a one that's particularly unfortunate, is that uh, people who are still using uh, entities like trusts, where they're submitting, uh, you know, fingerprints and photographs for all the responsible persons on the trust, in those instances. Uh, they for those that don't know, ATF kicks all the background checks over to FBI, so they yeah. sh- they ship all that to FBI. So if FBI comes back and says, "Well, we don't know the status of this person," 
uh, ATF will come back and say, you know, no action or denied, and, and here's why. Like, you know, FBI couldn't reach the determination on what my status was, but you, were, you Kevin, were okay, and you, Adam, were okay. Well, how would they not be able to? Well, you know, they, it's the government. What, <laughs> they screw stuff up all the time. So the, the point being that, you know, you get this form back and you go, okay, well, you call ATF and say, what do I need to do about this? And they say, well, you need to talk to FBI. So you call FBI and FBI says, no, you need have, to talk to they ATF. They have this process where you file this thing, you wait two years. And- yeah, the UPIN stuff that, yes. And uh, so well, what a FBI will actually tell you is you need to talk to ATF. And ATF says, well, we don't do the background checks. And FBI says, well, this isn't our problem. So now people are stuck in this place of, you know, caught in perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a guy online a couple of days ago and he waited like 12 months for a silencer and it came back denied. And he had no idea why. And people in the comments section were like, do you have other people on your trust? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, you might want to talk to those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, and if yeah, they are, you have they a are name like Adam Johnson, where yeah, there's no like eight thousand yeah. <laughs> felons in America yeah. that are named Adam Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not one of them. You get del- <laughs> you get delayed a lot. <laughs> so the, I want to go back to the thing that I said that was inaccurate about Georgia. Just so people. Know oh, you found it. Talking. Yeah, it was. It was on you guys' uh, Instagram account at Gun Policy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, thanks you, for the plug. You guys still yeah. have a uh, Instagram account. It's Gun yeah. Policy. Yes. Gun Policy. They haven't deactivated you guys yet. Not to my you knowledge. You guys post a lot. We they're, do. I, I just had to scroll through. You guys posted slipping. One hour. Every hour today, you guys have posted basically something. Well, it's hey, uh, guys at the team, you're doing awesome. I'm yeah. sure we'll all be Shout proud of you. Shout out to the gun policy marketing team. Yeah, well, killing it. I mean, something's going good if you guys aren't deactivated like we were. Yeah. Oh, and they're hopefully getting, we stay that way. You guys get traction, which is cool. But um, I guess the thing I was talking about earlier, it says uh, the headline is Georgia Senate votes to loosen gun access to limit governor in emergency. Mm. Um, I think it was just a headline that I read and I assumed a bunch of things like people do. Sure. Yeah, and we're certainly not trying to claim credit for something that the sure. legislature did. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, speaking of your Instagram, what's up with all the websites? Oh, yeah. I feel like every time you guys post, you have a new website. So we do, and a and lot of... I know of, you're not the marketing guy. Yeah, so I, I, I have Wait, a... Can you get them on the phone? Can I get on the phone? Can you get the marketing person on the phone? Let's I, straighten us out. Yes, yes. I will call them right away. Uh, so, you're, yeah, there there are a bunch of websites. So, the, the one website that never changes is uh, <laughs> firearmspolicy.org. If you don't know, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> sorry. My brain just totally slipped there. Uh, it's firearmspolicy.org. Yeah. Uh, if you do fpclaw.org, that will actually take you directly to the uh, legal page where we post all the court filings. So if we file a motion, that gets posted there. And it's all in uh, chronological orders from most recent at the top going down. Uh, the other one that we actually, th- that I did want to talk about since you're bringing these up, um, that we did just uh, post today. The 2A it, battle or? No, it's our fpclegaltracker.org. So what that is, is a sheet. Uh, it's a part of our website that's integrated that shows all the lawsuits that uh, we are directly involved in in some fashion. So either the cases that are ours where we're plaintiffs and the cases that are uh, have plaintiffs where we're funding them, the cases where we're providing amicus support. Uh, so all that you can see in addition to the, the, the page that has all the filings, you can just get a visual as to the number of cases. And there's even a cool little uh, bar graph that shows you 
states and what states and the number of lawsuits in each state. So when people come and say, hey, why aren't you doing it in California? If you actually look, California, I think, has the most number on the bar graph, like pretty, pretty heavily. Um, but the other reason for those is just uh, make it easier to find. So to, like, for instance, the bump stock case, you know, uh, rather than trying to, to so it's just bumpstockcase.com. Uh, I think it, the oh, one, that's the reason. yeah, the one for one of the Supreme Court ones is holloway2acase.com. So it's really just to try to grab things and, and use it as a way for people to go, oh, I remember that thing. And it was, it was this and easier than going to, you know, like fpclaw.org and scrolling. It takes you directly to the case page where it's got all the stuff related to that particular case. Hmm case is there a place somebody can go to see all of these websites uh you know? you know that i don't know uh but really uh, at the end of the day all of those websites redirect you to the case page and all of that stuff is on the fpclaw.org you can just scroll and find the case you're looking right, for so there fpclaw.org yes That's the one well what's um what are some short-term goals for you guys what are we trying to do, Adam? What's this? What, what's this? Uh, Freedom. Get get cases to the Supreme Court and get the Supreme Court to hear them. So obviously, you know, we have two there. If those get heard, great. Uh, but if not, we've got a bunch more in the hopper that are uh, on their way, headed there. So if the court's not inclined to take any of these, we'll have more for them to. Here's so, a buffet so, of so, stuff. So the goal is to get them to decide stuff, to change law, to change precedents, to change shit. Yes. And for you guys to be high profile, we're going to call people out, stop doing stupid shit and infringing on rights. Right. And and our whole goal really is like to be. It quick to mobilize too. So for instance, if ATF did something tomorrow, we're trying to be in the place that we can respond immediately. Well, what helps you to do that? Donation. You guys need, need funding. Yeah. So there's actually a couple of things. Uh, so money is obviously one, right? Money makes the world go around. It helps us do our oh, job. It hires attorneys. It hires attorneys. Much. Yes, it does. The other thing that uh, isn't talked about a lot uh, that we could use help with is plaintiffs. So a lot of times these lawsuits, <laughs> they're ones we want to do. And sometimes the, the ones that are just opportunistic, somebody walks through the door, we have the person we need to file the lawsuit. Yeah. Other times it's we want to address this specific issue. So for instance, we'll so use, you need a case. We need a case and we need a person. And so for instance, right now we're looking for plaintiffs, uh, you know, 18 to 20 carries one where we're looking for plaintiffs in the state of Georgia. And we have some specific criteria, right? In particular, we want at least uh, three plaintiffs and we want one to be female. Uh, and they have to be between 18 and 20. You know, obviously no mental health issues, not prohibited, all that fun stuff can, can get access to a handgun. So there's some criteria. But the biggest thing is when we're looking for plaintiffs, helping us find them would be an awesome thing for people to do. Even if you're not in that category of stuff we're looking for, if you happen to know someone. Well, you know. If somebody wants to do this. Mm -hmm. What's the cost to them? Nada. There's always a cost. Well, there, I guess there always technically is a cost. So time, I, the, time the, is a cost. Time, well, the time, time and exposure. The the exposure, I would say, would potentially be the the one, right? So, for instance, to go back to the ones that are the Supreme Court, you know, there was a news article. There's a bunch of news articles that have been written about Lisa Falajatar, the woman who's convicted of the, the tax offense. Uh, so that certainly raises her public profile, whether she wants it or not. Yeah. Uh, it is a consideration, but at the end of the day, you know, we do our best to shield our plaintiffs. Uh, one of those things is you just, you don't talk to the media. You send them to us. Well, we deal great. with them for you. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try to, you need, still need the plaintiffs for Georgia 18 to 20. Yeah. That's one that I think was on our Instagram today that we were looking well, that's for. That's where I'm from. I'll, I'll try to help you with there's, that. Today. And there's a, there's a bunch of others. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get uh, a more succinct 
I think manner in getting that out there other than social media posts, we do email blasts as well. But the, at the end of the day, as far as like monetary stuff, there's no cost to the individual individuals, uh, you know. Well, that's good to, I mean, so, okay. So, What's the so timeline you get, on that, on when you need those plaintiffs in Georgia? As quickly as possible, which okay. is which is the timeline on all of these cases sure. as far as looking for plaintiffs. Right. So, so this is going to go out in like two weeks. Is that too late? Well, well no. I, mean, it, I know it, you'll still do it yeah, anyway. I'll make some but, calls well, in the morning. Yeah. yeah, but even even as far as this podcast is concerned, I'm just using that as an example. There's yeah. plenty of other but, I mean, cases. that's interesting yeah. to know. So you do need people who, who in, in this capacity involving firearms or 2A, they've had they're being fucked over by the man and you need these cases, these people to come forward so you can try to change the law. Yes. I mean, that's great to hear. And, and you guys, yeah, provide representation in these cases sometimes. Okay. All right. Well, I want, I've got a question. I got the big question for the day. Uh Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. What's my website? hundred dollar <laughs> question. <laughs> what do you think about the honey badger brace? scenario when they kicked us in the balls and well i think as you probably saw we uh told them that we were ready and willing to to let them have it in court over it mm-hmm. um you know the, the question was posed to us we we're not an industry represent uh you know or we're, we're not an organization that represents industry we represent the individuals for the individual right however there's a lot of overlap there and this is one of those instances where yeah, yeah, the, that that they aligns were proper fucking four million people. Yeah, right, and that aligns perfectly with you know everybody else's interests that happen to be in the industry that are utilizing or producing those. You know, we didn't hear from a single other firearms manufacturer for support. All the money spent on attorneys, all the shit. Not a single company, not a single one of them. And that was that was depressing. I don't doubt that. But we were, I, I you know, I, as you know, yeah, we we were ready to to go to war over it because we thought yeah. it was a battle worth fighting. Absolutely. Uh, and well, if they do anything in the future, it's a, you know an issue that I believe I don't think there's really much of a question. It's one that we're willing to go to war on. Oh, thank you. Why did they, um, from your standpoint, why would they pick us? That's a good question. I don't. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I don't. I'm not question. sure. I know the answer to it. Uh, there could be any number of things well, what's we could your theorize. Well, I mean, it could be just because you're a smaller scale manufacturer. And let's face it, as as we've talked about plenty of times, <laughs> legal stuff costs money. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you can bleed somebody dry over a bunch of stuff, or you know, severely hamper them, uh, could be yeah, one way. From, could be one reason. Well, from your standpoint, is it? Do you think, I mean, what are some other possibilities? Is it because the name of our company is Q and QAnon? There's that like <laughs> the tenuous connection, <laughs> or is it because that was bad timing? <laughs> yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, uh, or Honey Badger because it's in Call of Duty and very popular, and children love it. Or I mean, <laughs> that that, that I, I don't, don't know. That I don't know. Um, you know, I, I wish I had an answer for you, but I think like everybody, no intel, no inside. No, nobody tells me anything anymore. As far as industry stuff, I don't I don't get informed on half of it anymore. All right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, man, I don't know. You got well, anything else? Closing remarks. You've kind of talked about where people can find you guys. Yeah, for uh, sure. Anything so, else you want to throw out there? Well, uh, I guess the only other thing I would say is kind of what I said. You know, somewhere in the middle of this podcast, I think is that you know go check us out. Uh, I know a lot of people ask me what groups should I support, and clearly, I you know I always say FPC because mm-hmm. I work there. But really, the answer to that is what I would tell you is do some research. Go look at what the groups are actually doing. 
uh, not just what word on the street is, but go see where, you know, where the work's being done and, and what the results are. And if you like what the group's doing, donate to them. So mm-hmm. preferably to FPC, but, uh, you know, preferably to FPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I would tell you, uh, in all honesty, you know, we've always been of the mindset that we're, we're doing work. We hope that our work uh, is what people want us to be doing and that they like the results and then in turn they'll support our organization well i mean i honestly hate it but it's necessary and you know lawsuits suck but i hate regulatory because they have no personal accountability and all you can do is sue the government and it Mm -hmm. sucks and uh but it's necessary and we shouldn't be at that point And, and yeah if I could be out of a job for doing it, if I could be out of a job in this field, it would be okay because uh, that you, means that means we work won. With us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. I mean, that, I'll keep that in mind when we win. <laughs> yeah, it's great, but it's sad. Well, okay. So then the final question: um, Adam Kraut's paycheck, whatever percentage you give to stuff like this. So, Firearms Policy Coalition. Mm-hmm. Who else is doing God's work? Depends what area you're looking at. Well, where's your paycheck go? Where's my paycheck go? Honestly, I donate mine to the National Parks Foundation. Nice. That's awesome. I donated there, and there's Roosevelt actually Roosevelt would appreciate that. Yeah, and there's actually another organization. Is that where the NFA money goes to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just, that, that just goes into a black hole somewhere. <laughs> um, there's actually another organization that I I saw recently that I am going to donate money to, and. Um, it's it deals with foster kids actually so i i don't know how i stumbled upon it and i honestly i forget the name which sucks it's on my it's open on my computer uh but they essentially said that um foster kids the vast majority of them when they go from uh home to home they bring all their possessions in a trash bag and so part of what they do is they donate bags to these kids uh, that are real bags so that they don't have to suffer through that along with all the other stuff and that for whatever reason that really just struck a chord with me um uh, it puts a lot of shit in perspective yeah i mean you know i i don't have any kids myself i have plenty of friends who do i hear their stories uh but you know growing up without a family and being carted from place to place and then having all your possessions just in a trash bag it just it struck me as something that you know i've been very blessed with the the house i grew up in um, and so I, I do, I am going to donate money to that because I don't think, you know, I just, it, it touched me in, in my heart in a way that you know, it's something I want to, I want to yeah. do. So mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, well, for sure. You're a good human being. Oh, sometimes. I'm glad we're friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Okay. Well, thank you oh. until next time. Keep up the good fight, man. Thanks for having me. It's always yeah. a pleasure being up here with you guys and hanging out. Love it. Yeah. And, uh, you guys keep kicking ass, and I'm sure Adam will keep giving you guns to raise millions of dollars because yeah. our shit's desirable. <laughs> May, May 1st. Yeah. May, May 1st. 2021. <laughs> Maybe win a minifix. Minifix. Yeah. Minifix. Minifix.